Welcome to the Birth Prep Podcast. I'm Taylor, and I'm here to help you prepare your mind, body, and team to best support you during your birth experience. Today, I wanted to take a moment and talk about myself. No, there's really good stuff in here too. I have some lessons that I've learned the hard way that I would love to share with you guys today, but I just want you guys to understand um, kind of my birth preparation journey and how it's evolved over time and what it used to look like and the result that I got versus what it looks like now and the result that I get now. And if you stick around and hear me out, I'm going to share the one thing that changed everything for me, everything about the way I give birth. Um, You're going to want to, you're going to want to hear about it. A total game changer for me, it was a life changer because it changed my life. It led me to do this work, but we'll chat about that here soon. So let's start at the beginning. Hi, I'm Taylor and I'm the birth prep coach and I help mamas to be plan and prepare for the birth of their dreams. I became pregnant for the first time in 2016. And we had our first baby in January of 2017. And we did all the things, right? We read the pregnancy apps. I Googled my butt off. Like, I was a crazy person about it. Like, I had to know all the information. I needed to know how I was going to take care of this baby before I even laid eyes on her. I needed to know everything. And I thought I was doing a really good job. Um, We went to every single pretty little appointment. We asked the questions. Matt came with me every single time. Um... We did the hospital birth prep class. We were, you know, we were like, all right, we got this. We are prepared. I used to have lunch with my mom almost daily, chatting with her about babies and birth and all the things. Like, we were being poured into and we were getting as much information that we knew possible, right? We were doing the work. We were doing what we were told to do to prepare for our experience. Um, And then when we went into that experience, we went in feeling... (laughs) feeling that way we felt really prepared and I remember finally getting to that moment being like oh oh my gosh um this isn't anything anything like what I thought it was going to be I mean I was preparing for a bad time right I was going in with with my whole plan was no epidural vaginal birth no epidural vaginal birth if I could pull that off I had succeeded the plan and I did pull that off and I left feeling defeated I left feeling traumatized. I left feeling like, what the heck just happened? That was way worse than anybody ever told me it was going to be. I remember one of the very first thoughts, sorry, there's kids screaming. They're all home today. There's no school. Sorry, you're going to have to deal with it. Um, I remember thinking, laying in my hospital bed, having just birthed her, being like, oh my God. I don't even think she was in my arms yet, but I was like, wow, how am I going to do this again? Like I wanted a lot of kids and I was like, I will never survive that ever again. There's no way. There's no way I will ever survive that. It was maybe when I was getting stitched up or something. I really don't remember. That was, it was so blurry. And I'm not, I'm not telling you this story to scare you. Okay. I'm sorry. This is me sharing my horror story with no trigger warning. So here's your trigger warning. I'm sorry. I should have been about 10 minutes back. Um, no, we're only three minutes into this podcast episode. Holy cow. Um, anyways, yes, I felt very traumatized. It was like, it got to the point where I was in so much pain that it was like I was looking through straws and it wasn't the pain. It was my mindset. Looking back, I was terrified and my body was in full freak out mode. Literally, I was in fight or flight 
while going through one of the most physically exhausting things in my entire life. I was denied food. I was not okay. There was nothing okay about that situation. Decisions were being made for me left and right. I was being told I had to. I was being told, hey, we're just gonna... Like, the language was appalling. I felt... I did not feel like a person in that room. I didn't feel like a a human being. I felt like an object. I felt like I was just this incubator that was, they were just doing things to in order to get this baby out of me. And it was, it was bad. I hated it. (laughs) And, um, I went in with the belief that birth was supposed to suck. Except, you know, for the, the select few, God's favorites, they were born, to have the good experience, right? Because I knew the good experiences existed, but like you were born that way. So I was born, I was born the way that most people were, is that birth is supposed to suck. We we're cursed in the Bible. It's supposed to be a bad experience. These were my core beliefs. And when I had that experience, um, gosh, everything was just concrete that day, set in stone, solidified those beliefs. Birth will always be this way for me. Birth is supposed to always suck. It will be like this again and again. When I had my second baby, I created a very similar experience because of that mindset. And it wasn't until I had my third and I started educating myself because I was educating women on the internet about babies and about, um, it started a blog, like a little mommy blog. I talked about succulents and sippy cups and like little snacks. I talked about baby led weaning and how to make baby food. And I talked about all kinds of stuff on there. Um, and I had also been talking about my birth experiences. I shared my stories and stuff. And in being in that space, the education space, I started becoming friends with other people in the education space. And I started seeing um, these different things about birth. Like, oh, you don't have to push on your back. And, you know, like my a little, like getting my feet wet a little bit. And like, oh, wow, it can be different. So the next baby I had, I was like, oh, I'll do things a little different this time. And my goal was to give birth on my on my knees, I, usually towards the end, I transition and stuff. I like to be on my hands and knees in the bed and, um, Matt's giving me the hip squeeze in the back and everything's great and wonderful. And I was at that point having my third baby induction again, right? Didn't quite know about all that yet. Um, and I remember the nurses yelling at me that I wasn't, that I needed to turn over. I was like, no, I don't want to turn over. I don't have to. Like I was seeing the, the, this is so silly, but I was seeing the Pinterest images, the graphics in my head of the different birthing positions. I was like, no, they told me like, I saw that I could do it different. Like I'm, I'm allowed to do it different. It's possible to do it different. And they were sitting there telling me I wasn't allowed. And it got to the point where I didn't have much fight. I was a no epidural, full blast Pitocin. I was five hours into an induction. Uh, I was going through it. And, um, they got to the point where they're like, all right, we're turning you over. And they physically turned me over for me to push my baby out on my back. And I remember that moment. It was like, uh, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> it was like, you know, on a TV show where like, it's like a flashback and like all these little tiny moments. And it's like, and it like, it just like hits them. And it's like, oh my gosh, like that realization, that light bulb moment, like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. That's how it was for me. It all made sense. I was like, oh my God, they've been doing this the whole time. The whole time. They've been doing this the whole time. They have cared about themselves more than me the whole time. And I remember feeling, whew, I felt all kinds of things, right? And when we went to have another baby, um, 
I didn't know what birth was going to look like. I had no clue. Um, I just knew that it was going to look so different from what it had looked like. And between having my third baby and deciding that birth was going to be different, no matter what it was going to look like, it was not going to look like that anymore. And between like having him somewhere along there, I started realizing that these women creating these beautiful experiences weren't lucky. They weren't God's favorites. Like they were doing that. I was like, Oh, hang on, pause. Wait a second. You're telling me I can have that. You're telling me I can have the beautiful, magical home birth, the peaceful, breathe your baby out, you know, pain-free experience. You're telling me I can have that? You're telling me that's available to me? I, I, that I don't have to have a crappy birth experience? Sold. I'll do whatever it takes to get that. And I did. <laughs> I did. I did so much work between baby number three and baby number four. And completely changed the way I give birth. And I'll tell you the number one thing that changed everything for me was I went into my second, or not my second, gosh, my fourth birth experience. And I decided that I was the one in charge that day. That everything revolved around me and what was best for me and my wants and my desires and my health and all the things, everything was going to revolve around me. And I'll tell you what, my fourth baby, um, that was my very first unmedicated. I never had an epidural, but I had always opted for the IV pain medication with my first three hospital births or my first three births, which were in the hospital. Um, with my fourth baby, it was my first unmedicated birth experience. It was also extremely long. Like I was in labor for 24 hours um, more than 24 hours before I had him and I had a break, like I slept at night and stuff. Um, but it had started at like two o'clock in the afternoon, got so bad. I had to come home. My body like cleared itself out. We cleaned the house, got the kids off to mom and dad's house, um, prepared, you know, all the things. Uh, and I went to sleep that night. I was able to rest. And then right, right when I woke back up in the morning, contractions started again, right back where they were when I had went to sleep. Um, and labored all day long. And he didn't get here till four or something in the evening, afternoon, whatever you want to call that. Um, so it was a very long labor. It was also very, very difficult. It was very painful. Um, but it was so different than my other experiences. I felt in control the whole time. I felt coherent the whole time. I felt, um, I felt very well supported I felt as though my needs were met without me saying a word, which was very nice. I felt everybody already knew what I wanted. I didn't have to have questions asked of me that day. I had done all of the work before that day to prepare for my experience and to prepare everybody else to support me in my desired experience. And while it was very, very tough, it was amazing. It was worlds different. It was magical. I would describe it as magical. One of the first things out of my mouth, and this time I actually said it out loud, unlike my little first thoughts when I was feeling defeated in my hospital bed. Um, but this time I had actually said my thoughts out loud. So I do have witnesses for this one. <laughs> and I can't believe I even said it because, well, I can't believe it. It was amazing. And I, and I meant it. I absolutely meant it. Um, but our fourth baby was supposed to be our last baby. And the first words out of my mouth was, I can't wait to do that again. And I, again, I meant every word I said. And I was like, that was amazing. That was awesome. That was magical. That was so great. I remember getting up 
and walking to my bed. That was amazing too. That was like one of the best parts of it. Anyways, I'm getting off track. I believe the thing that made it so good that time was being the one in control that day. Um, just, it changed everything for me. It was such a different experience than what I had always experienced in the past when I had given my power away to my providers and to my medical team to make decisions for me and to, you know, perform all these things that I, I could have and, and probably should have said no to. Um, I didn't know any better. I, I was a victim of the system and I hate to use that word because it was my responsibility to know better, but they don't teach you this stuff. I did everything I was taught to do literally everything. And I know you might be listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, me too. And I had the same exact experience. Yeah. Like this happens all the time. The most, the most viral videos I have on my TikTok are ones where I was like, Hey, this was done for me. Or, Hey, these are just, these are decisions you need to know about that you're not going to know about. And there's so many comments are like, that happened to me, or that was exactly my experience, or, oh my gosh, that sounds so much like what I went through, or that happened with my first baby, and it breaks my heart. It's like, but this system gets a specific result, and it's such cookie-cutter um, care that we're getting, and of course, the result always looks the same. Birth is such an individual, personal experience, and to try to basically create an assembly line for it, um, removes everything that birth is, (laughs) in my personal opinion. And I think the birth industry has created some very awful results. And I think that we are in a generation of mothers who want better for ourselves and for our babies. Like, y'all, the work that I did, the the core beliefs that I have changed around surrounding birth, like this is going to affect my family for generations. My daughter already knows more about birth than uh, some freaking OBGYNs. She has a deeper understanding of physiological birth than some of these doctors out here helping women give birth. And it makes me honestly irate. (laughs) I'm like, I try to be a good Christian girly, right? I'm like, I'm like, I can't get too heated on the internet, guys. Um, but it's sad and it's, it's really so unnecessary and it's all for what? For the provider's convenience, for their paycheck, for the industry to maximize profits, to create repeat customers. It's a whole industry. The same people that own the hospitals they also teach the doctors. They own ACOG, the American College of Gynecology, Obstetrics. Um, <clears throat> they produce the curriculum for the hospital birth prep classes. Even if you don't take my birth prep course, take a third-party birth prep course. Please find somebody that has accomplished your desired plan. I'm like, never take, never take advice from someone who hasn't gotten your desired result. Your OBGYNs, your hospital hasn't gotten your desired result. They haven't. They don't, they don't deal in the, in the physiological birth. A lot of people come to me for physiological birth. That might not be the result that you're looking for. That was the result that I was looking for. I couldn't achieve that result with just the hospital stuff. They've never gotten that result. So I had to go and learn from people who have gotten the result that I'm after. I only take advice from people who've gotten the results that I want because they know how to do it. 
And if I've gotten the results that you're looking for, I might be a great person to learn from. But you need to find somebody who's found the, it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be mine. Somebody, please don't take the hospital birth prep class. Or if you choose to, that's totally fine. But also take a third party childbirth education course, something, find somebody that you love learning from and pay them for their expertise and their knowledge. It's priceless. They had to go, they probably had to go through a lot of stuff, a lot of crap, a lot of lessons learned the hard way, the nitty gritty, hard knock life route, not stuff they just learned in school. Okay. You've got something to learn from people like me. There's a lot of us. I, there's so many amazing women in the space. Um, and they're doing really great work and you will find somebody out there that aligns with your views and your wants and your desires for your birth and who can help you achieve that result for yourself. Anyways, um, where was I with that? Oh, the same people that own the hospitals, own the colleges, teach the doctors, you know, whatever, make the birth prep course for the hospitals. They also make the Pitocin. (laughs) They own the company that makes Pitocin. They own the companies that produce, um, the top postpartum anxiety and depression drugs. The C-section rate is outrageous. One in three, um, it's estimated that it should be realistically more like one in 10. And even then I think that's a little on the high side. Um, but again, I don't have the information. That was a, that was a, like an educated with scientific data to back it up, blah, 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 study thing that they did. But, um, but yeah, like you just look at the results that that system gets. And then you realize that the same people like own it all and they have their hand in literally every part of the system And you're going to tell me that they're not trying to maximize their profits and create repeat customers. But what happens when you go in for your birth experience? I almost, my first birth experience, I was being prepared for a C-section. If I would have had a C-section that day, my life would look so different. I wouldn't have all the kids that I have. I might not have ever had a home birth. I don't know what would have happened that day if I had a C-section. My mom stepped in and said, over my dead body. (laughs) And helped me get back on track and saved me that day from from becoming a mom on the operating table. And um, I just know that that would have been so different, right? Because would I be doing this work today? Or would I have gone and said, oh, you know, birth was awful. It was so much worse than I thought. And then would I have just signed myself up for a repeat C-section the next time and became just a repeat customer? Yeah, just sign me up for that one. Like you said, it's the best option for me. I'll just do it. Last time was really bad. It's going to be so much better if I just avoid the labor process. Like, that's how they sell you, right? And then I go and I tell my story to all these other mamas to be scaring them, being like, hey, you know, it was so hard, and now I just opt for the C-section, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm not saying that that is bad, but I'm like, do you see what's happening? You're instilling your fears into other people, and they're just, we're just pushing the narrative like hey your body's broken you need all this help we need to intervene we need to make sure we're at the hospital have access to all these interventions and blah blah blah. like if you want access to those interventions fine if you need the interventions beautiful I'm so glad they exist it's amazing they're being pushed far too often which is why I have this narrative about this and like why um I don't think they're innately bad is my point they I think they serve a purpose I think they're being overused and I think it's corrupting our view of birth. And I think it's really creating a lot of unnecessary birth trauma. Um, I know because I had unnecessary birth trauma. My experience did not have to look like that. I did not have to be lied to that day. I did not have to be manipulated. I did not have to have decisions made for me. It could have been a totally different experience. But they they are taught to do things a certain way. 
and to uphold hospital policy, which, by the way, is for the hospital, not for you. Um, so, anyways, after having my fourth baby, that magical, my first home birth experience, like, thing, I, like, I pulled that off, I did that, I created a different result for myself, and I'm so proud. I was like, I want to help other people do that, too. I want to tell other people the things that I've learned, because, gosh, I went, like, full-on psycho about learning all the things, right? Um... <laughs> I have ADHD and I, I hyper fixate and I'm like, sometimes it serves me really well. I still am very hyper fixated on all things birth. I want to know all the information. I want to know how my body functions. I want to know how my baby works with my body. I want to know all the different options. I want to know all the, th- I want to know what, I want to know it all. Right. <laughs> and you might not be that way. And you're like, Taylor, that's way too much. I am not that kind of girl. I do not want to know any more information than necessary Girl, I get that. That's why I made the birth prep course. It's like the step-by-step. You don't got to go searching for all kinds of stuff. You just need to make the decisions and then we're going to, I'm going to help you make the whole, we're going to execute it. We're going to, we're going to prepare for your plan. We're going to pull it off together. It's going to be beautiful. Anyways. Um, but like, I get that. So anyways, after my fourth baby, I decided I am going to teach about birth. I'm going to narrow things down. I was teaching about all the things, right? Cloth diapers and all this stuff. I still talk about that stuff sometimes, but I, instead of it being a, just a free for all on the content front, I was like, I am going to teach about birth. This is what I want to do with my life. I want to become a voice in this space. I want to help women create a different result for themselves. I want to be that person that I needed when I didn't even know I needed me, you know, I want to tell them like, Hey, this is what's happening. You guys need to be aware of it. You guys need to understand that there's a game being played and you it's rigged against you, honey. The system is rigged. You are set up for failure the moment you you hire your provider. It's like, I want you guys to be aware. Once you're aware, you can win the game. Like once you understand the game that's being played, like I'll teach you how to win. Like no problem. I got you. Um, But it's like most of us don't even know what's happening or how the, you know, how the system works and and it's sad and we're conditioned from such a young age, right? We were cursed in the Bible. I don't believe that. That all that stuff was covered by the blood of Jesus. I have very Christ-centered births. And that brings me to my fifth birth experience. After I decided to start educating myself on this stuff, I obviously just continued to learn more. I've been helping other people. I started coaching women and stuff, and I kind of really honed my skills. And when I had my fifth baby, um, almost a year ago now. Isn't that wild? She's almost 10 months old. Um, when I had my fifth baby, I went about things in such a peaceful way. I don't get me wrong. I struggled, especially when that baby was late. She came 10 days after her due date late. I say late. I don't believe she was late. She came right on time and it was so worth the wait. So worth the wait. Everything went so smoothly and perfectly and exactly as I wanted it to literally even down to like, it went perfectly with our schedule. Like everything that I had prayed for and that I had prepared for and that I had like wanted and desired for my experience, every single thing, like, and I have like a crazy list. Like y'all would be like, you got all of that? Yes, ma'am. I got all of that. Just like with my fourth birth, even down to the gender that I wanted was a surprise baby. I got everything I wanted everything. It all went exactly how I wanted it to go. Every crazy thing that I had on my list that I would have brought to my old doctors, they would have laughed at me, dude. They would have laughed at me that I didn't want my waters to break until I was pushing. 
that I didn't want cervical checks, that I didn't want, you know, that I wanted to push my baby out on all fours in the pool. Everything, like, oh, you know, you're just going to land where you land and blah, blah, blah. And I was prepared for other options, but, like, I knew what I wanted. And I prayed for what I wanted. And you might not believe what I believe, and that's fine. But if you are a are Jesus believer and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior like myself, y'all better be speaking life over that baby and over your body. Y'all better be praying for your desired result. It's so powerful. Praising God for whatever comes your way that day in advance. <laughs> and it, it, gosh, it's such a beautiful thing. Anyways, um, with my fifth baby, it was, I blew, I blew my mind. I could cry about it. <laughs> um, I had a pain-free birth experience. I was napping on my couch at nine centimeters in transition thinking I was going to have to send my midwives home that I had called them. I've called them based on one intense contraction. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to send them home. Some of them drove 45 plus minutes. What the heck? I'm not even in labor. I'm sitting here napping on my couch. And little did I know baby was about to come. <laughs> um, it was just every, every part of it was beautiful and amazing. And so, so how God designed it. And I can't, <laughs> I can't explain how different it is than what I, than what I was sold as a child. I was from such a young age told how birth was going to be for me and how it was always going to be and what, what having babies meant and experiencing it this time for myself and gosh, doing the whole surrender process. I'll tell you a really quick story. Um, just to show you how much God was in this and how much I had, you know, I, I was struggling too. I had to coach myself and having had that experience with y'all the, the year prior coaching women and being in this space for so long and being able to educate you guys and teach you guys, I was able to do it for myself in a way that I had never been able to do it before. And I was getting to the point where I was like, oh my gosh, we're contemplating natural induction methods, right? We're contemplating pumping we're contemplating maybe even like some tinctures or whatever maybe even a membrane sweep next week like it was getting to the point where it was getting a little scary right like I've got a decision to make here this baby is still in my body and it's my fifth baby right you know usually babies come earlier and earlier the more you have that's not always the case but statistically um and when uh, you know 41 weeks it's come and gone I'm like okay well now you know we're getting close to the to the to 42 weeks now is like 41 weeks and three days and I remember that morning thinking um and I had just seen my midwife the day before and we had talked about the different options as far as um induction and all that stuff natural induction and her coming to my house and like we set a date and everything and I was thinking about it that morning and I was um I was scrolling on Instagram and I had, I was just going back and forth. I was like, that doesn't feel right. I don't, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't know. What if I do like what I got to make a decision. I got to figure this out, blah, blah, blah. And I was seeing an Instagram post <laughs> and I follow a lot of birth accounts, right? Like everything on my social media now is birth baby related. I see y'all's pregnancy announcements and all the things, the bump dates, like everything is babies. And I love it so much. Um, but just somebody's post, I don't even know whose it was, but it was just a carousel post on Instagram where you scroll through them. There's like 10 slides or so. And I'm going through the slides and, and it's like, um, the first one was like, uh, isn't it crazy how 
the day you turn 35, you're all of a sudden geriatric and we think your body's broken and you can't birth your baby. Now you're high risk. And, and then the next one was like, um, something about, I don't, I don't even remember. It was a list of, it was just a list of things that I totally believed. And then I got to the last one and it was, it was, it was as soon as we hit 41 weeks our body just is broken and it doesn't know what it's doing. And it's, you know, we have to get that baby out cause something's wrong. And, um, and just one of those sarcastic things. I was like, Oh man, ah, okay. God, I hear you. I was like, I was like waiting for an answer kind of deal. It was one of those things where I'd prayed that morning. Like I need, I need, I need to know what to decide. And it was in that moment that I surrendered. I said, fine. I said, I will not do anything from this point on to get this baby out. This baby is coming on her own time. Whenever, whenever it's time, I will, I will surrender to the process and I will not even revisit this conversation till next week. And, mm, I don't know, 15 minutes later, my water broke. <laughs> and I was like, gosh, God, was this that all it took me surrendering? Like, you know, one of those moments it's like, ah, oh, gosh, could have done this a week ago. Um, but it was a lesson that I had to learn and it was just amazing watching everything play out. And she was born that night. Um, after my waters had been broken all day, I had sporadic contractions. Again, I had eaten, I ate some hot wings with my husband for dinner uh, and sat on the toilet afterwards to go pee. And I had a contraction on the toilet. And I was like, oh, that was intense. I was like, call the midwife. <laughs> and my husband called um, my midwife, Miss Serena. And, uh, they were like, all right, keep us posted. Um, we're going to get, you know, we're going to get ready to head out. And that was at like six o'clock. Everybody started getting there around like, I don't know, it was close to nine. I was, I don't remember when I called her. Maybe it was closer to eight o'clock when I called her. I don't know. The whole birth story is on my podcast. If you want to listen to it, uh, you guys scroll back a little bit, but my fifth birth story. Um, but it's amazing just watching everything play out and in hindsight, how beautiful, everything worked out. And literally, I couldn't have asked for a more perfect experience. And it was awesome. Um, so I just want that to encourage you today that it's available for you, that I've created such a different result for myself. Um, and you can do it too. And I think that, um, gosh, I think one of the very best things I did for myself was taking back the control. And you don't have to have a baby at home to take back the control. Um, it's not that you have to take it back. It's, it's yours till you give it away. Um, or if it's, you know, taken from you, I know coercion and manipulation, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you can, you can hold on to it even through all of that. You can still keep the control. And if at any point in time you decide this provider isn't going to let you have the control fired, because again, you have the control, you're the paying customer. So I hope this was encouraging for you. I hope this gives you a little bit about, you know, why I do what I do. And gosh, how honored I am to help you guys on this journey. I was looking at some of my numbers this week and just like seeing, you know, it's, I, tr I never want to get to the point where I'm like, there's like, there's heartbeats on the other side of all these numbers my numbers are getting big, right? And much bigger than I ever imagined them to get. 30,000 women have grabbed, over 30,000 women have grabbed my birth plan guide. Over 30,000 women have the list of decisions 
that need to be made surrounding their birth experience, including the ones that are typically made for them, the ones that were made for me, the ones that have been made for so many women before us. And now you guys have your hands on it, 30,000 of you. And that blows my mind. It's such an honor to be able to provide such a resource for you guys. Um, it's taken me a long time to create this um, business of mine. And it's an honor to be able to provide stuff like that for you guys for free. It's an honor to teach my students. Guys, I am so proud of the work that you're doing. This is not easy work. There's a lot of stuff inside the birth course. I'm like, it's a four week course, but like you could literally spend like three months on that stuff. If you like, if you really dove into it and, and all that stuff, like it's a lot of work, um, but you're doing it and it's amazing. And this work is going to go so far beyond the day you give birth. This work is going to carry you right into your motherhood experience. Um, <laughs> making informed, like it, Making informed decisions for your birth experience is the same as making is the same process as making informed decisions for your baby at their well visit appointment with their pediatrician. Setting expectations with your partner for your birth experience is the same process as setting expectations with your partner during your parenting journey. Setting boundaries, advocating for yourself, etc., etc., all the things, all the skills that I'm teaching inside the birth prep course, teaching you guys to question, all that stuff. You guys are going to benefit from that for a lifetime. Your baby is going to get to benefit from that for a lifetime. You're going to get to teach these skills to your child, skills that we were never taught, skills we were told we didn't need, skills we were convinced were bad to have, questioning authority, things like that. We were taught from such a young age, do not do that. Do what you're told, follow instructions, and you'll be fine. And that's exactly how my first birth went. And I was not fine. And I wasn't going to accept that. It took me a while to get to the point of deciding to accept better for myself and to create better for myself. But it's a possibility. And you can do it too. This got way longer than I intended. <laughs> the number one lesson, though, that I want you guys to take from this is please be the head honcho that day the head girl in charge. Oh, tomorrow at birth prep power hour, I'm going to do a little training about that, of how to do that, um, to kick us off. And then we'll get into the questions. So if you guys want to come to birth prep power hour tomorrow, if you're listening to this, or if you want to check out the replay, it's always lives in there, um, inside the birth prep lounge. I'll put the link in there join the birth prep lounge. And there's an event you can register for it. I think you get notifications for it, whatever. Facebook group, however that works. I'm new to the Facebook group world. This is something I'm creating for you guys. My hope is that this is a space that becomes a thriving community and a resource for those that are preparing for birth and for their motherhood journey. So I want to say thank you to those who've already joined. Um, super cool. Thank you for helping me build this out. Um, and coming out with me for birth prep power hour every single week, I answer questions for you guys live in the Facebook group. So come hang out with me over there. If you guys uh, want to get your hands on the birth plan guide that I mentioned today with all the decisions that you need to make surrounding your birth experience, I will link that in the show notes as well. And if you guys want to join the birth prep course, that's one of the best ways to work with me right now. Um, everything else is closed. <laughs> uh, so you guys can join. I'll put the link for that there. There's a ton of information. But if you guys have any questions, feel free to pop them inside the birth prep lounge or shoot me a DM on Instagram at the birth prep coach. Um, yeah, 
thank you guys for hanging out with me. Thanks for listening to my story. Um, I, I love being here and doing this with you. So, um, go take care of yourself. Hopefully you are relaxing or maybe you're multitasking. I like to listen to podcasts while I do laundry and stuff. Um, but do something for yourself this weekend. Um, and I will chat with you guys next week on Tuesday. I'll see you then. Happy prepping. Happy prepping.